0: Michigan, unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they cracked the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six.
1: What's up, and welcome to Spell Radio, presented by Black Car Gold Pants, SB Nations community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. We are not doing the three-man weave this week. It is just me and my good buddy, Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how are you doing this week?
0: A uh, little under the weather. I uh, did a trip last week, as everybody knows, who listened to the show, and if I do not have coronavirus, I have the worst head cold on the planet right now.
1: I'm willing to bet just a little bit of a head cold You can be a tad dramatic. Just a little bit. The People's Champ is is with some family uh, engagements this week, so he's not able to join us, but... He also watched his the Purdue game last night, and his sum up was basically, that was horrendous the entire time, and that summed up Champs View of, of Purdue of the Purdue game. Uh, guys, remember to subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. We are on every single podcasting platform. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. Jer, let's get into it this week by starting with... A little bit of a a Purdue post game show because you were saying you saw this on Twitter a little bit last night that people were blaming this game on this loss to Purdue on Fran McCaffrey. What are you blaming Fran? If you are, what percentage are you giving Fran the blame? What are your thoughts on people putting this game on Fran McCaffrey?
0: So, uh, as somebody that played at a decent level of basketball and went into college, St. Ambrose to try to play and, and ruin those dreams of playing in Europe one day by quitting and getting fat and going to the University of Iowa instead, you learn that coaches can do a lot to get you ready for games. But in situations like this, it's not on them. Iowa came out for senior night and they were flat. I don't know if they had some sort of big-time dinner or if they went to Hillcrest and ate too much pizza, but they looked slow. They were slogging through it. They got slapped in the mouth, and instead of slapping back like they did all season long, especially in the second half, they just kept getting slapped, and then they got slapped again, and then one more time. So I don't really blame Fran, because if you guys read, I think maybe, I don't know if it was Morehouse or Emmert this morning that put out a piece, but... Basically, Fran McCaffrey realized real early, right, basically right when Connor McCaffrey airballed that three-pointer, that his team did not have it, and he called a timeout just to try to light a fire into him, to lay into him, to try to get him jacked up, and knowing that they they know what they're supposed to be doing out there, and it didn't work. So, if Fran McCaffrey can identify that when it's eleven to four after a quick couple minutes in that game, call a timeout, try to light them back up, and tell them exactly what they're not doing that they practiced all week long, how is that on Fran McCaffrey? He doesn't play. I don't understand.
1: He can't make them hustle. like he can't hustle for them.
0: He can't make that. He can't make Luca Garza like pass out of the double team because Luca Garza is just trying to score for his team because they couldn't make a goddamn basket. He can't make Joey T slow it down. Like he can't make Connor not airball. Like just, these are things that Fran, I, I'm sure, White Magic wishes he could do, but blaming him for this one is outrageous to me. No, you hit the nail on the head. They got
1: out hit. Right at, the, right at the jump, and they never responded. I made this. I texted this to you, and, and the fourth member Spoko, oh, Z, during this game. And Robert Mays and Kevin Clark at the are talk about this with the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks go and be physical with you from the very beginning in the secondary. Mm-hmm. They're basically daring the officials to, to call pass interference, call defensive holding, all that stuff, knowing that they're not going to call it every single play. Purdue's a physical team by nature because they know the officials aren't going to call every single thing against them. And once they get away with it, they've set a precedent to allow it to happen. So people getting upset at thing at Purdue being very physical and nothing getting called against them, that's the way they play. I respect the hell out of it because Matt Painter's a great coach. Totally. And it took it took Iowa off its game and they were never able to find a way to to really get into it. So to, to me, this isn't on Fran. You just, you said yourself, Fran saw when this team came out slow, tried to light a fire in their ass, it didn't work. It's a heavy legs late in the season. And quite frankly, Jerry, you and I are talking about this before we start recording. This is the first type of loss like this all season long. You could make a case that this type of loss they were due for and it's better to get it out of the way now than come next week in Indianapolis or the week after the NCAA tournament.
0: No, absolutely. This reminds me. Okay. Now I want you to take like what the actual comparison is because it's two different types of teams, but I've been doing a lot of thinking about that 2005 Illinois team now that Illinois is relevant again. And that was a team that I care deeply about being in Chicago and not really having any sort of university that I'm tied to. You know, my parents didn't go to college. Unfortunately, actually my dad went to DeVry, but I don't think they have any athletics, but um, having that 2005 team, I believe they lost to Ohio state basically right before they went on that run. And that Ohio state loss was basically the igniter. (coughs) Excuse me. For that team to get back on track, for them to realize that like getting stung and punched in the mouth is not something that they're really interested in doing, especially with the aspirations that they had going into March. So, yes, Luca Garza is already out today talking about how this is something that while they didn't really want it, it is almost necessary and that they needed it. I can guarantee you right now when they go out and take that court on Sunday, Illinois isn't coming out there and punching them in the mouth. They could try to replicate that Purdue type of uh, type of game plan, but it's not going to work.
1: No, they're not. it's a hundred percent. Luca Garza is the perfect response to a game like that. He's mad that they were out hustled. He's mad that they they lacked energy. Those are things that I mean that are going they're going to rebound and, and respond quite nicely to the, to this type of loss. You you don't want to lose any game, but I was firmly in the tournament. If they're playing for seeding between the four, five, and six line, the four seeds probably out at this point. But you know what? They can begin that five, six line. There's not a big difference there. So, to me, it's a loss that, while, yes, it stinks to lose a home game, ruin a, a, a very nice home record that this team has had all season long, yep. but, Jerry, you hit the nail on the head, man. They're going to be able to, if they respond the way that they're seemingly doing the day after, the rest of this way, with that mindset refocused, coming out energized, it's, it's not going to get any easier because I, I do think people understand the way to beat Iowa moving forward. It's being physical, putting a lot of pressure on Garza and making sure, especially now with Joe Wieskamp, not hitting shots. like It's coming down to make Luca Garza beat you and if he can't, we'll take our chances with everybody else beating you.
0: And it, honestly, DC, it's not even let, if Luca Garza can't because Luca still had a great night. Right, I know absolutely. he wasn't as efficient as normal, but when you have a guy like ha- uh, Harms or Homs or whatever the, uh, however you pronounce it, he's out there. You're getting guys that are like dropping down. You're getting double teamed anytime you touch the basketball, and you're getting slammed, beat the shit on the block. Like that was the, one of the most physical games Luca Garza is ever going to have to play at any level of basketball. Ever. When he's in the NBA, he's going to have tons and tons of space. Nobody's really going to double him down during the 82-game season. But he had to deal with that in the entire game.
1: <coughs> yeah, I me. mean, no,
0: you're 100% right. And it's one of those things where maybe
1: teams are going to let Luka Garza get his and really <coughs> challenge the, the shooters who have been inconsistent for Iowa. And granted, like CJ Frederick's coming off of injury, so you don't really know what he's going to be able to give you. But putting even more pressure on Joe Wieskamp to try to shoot out of his – whatever's going on right oh. now with Joe Wieskamp, C.J. Frederick proving he can, come, he can bounce back and play serious minutes, letting guys like Joe Toussaint and Connor McCaffrey shoot, like daring them to shoot more and putting more pressure on them, teams are going to take their chances on that. Luca Garza can't, is not going to be able to beat these teams by themselves or by We're, himself.
0: Exactly, and that's that's the game plan. If Wieskamp can't shoot out of this and C.J. Frederick, Frederick's going to be inconsistent like he was last night, Joe Toussaint, I mean, I'm not expecting him to make any big-time jumpers. Same thing with Connor McCaffrey. Those are just added bonuses. This team, Iowa team is depleted. It's been the thing that we've talked about all season long, but they figured out ways to kind of go against that. And now is the time where teams are, have all the scouting reports They know exactly how to play you. Can Iowa continue to pull a rabbit out of their hat for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, I mean they're getting up, getting up, good looks at three. Luca was passing on a double team, triple teams, quadruple teams to the open guys. Shots were not falling. If they can have that one sequence where Luca gets double teamed, immediately find CJ in that corner of his eye at the, the, the kind of the wing of the three and hit, it, and him can knock that down. It'll. This team will be able to go very, very far come all postseason play.
0: Yeah, and just <coughs> excuse me to uh, kind of tie a bow on this thing. Anytime that you see the rebounding numbers and the turnovers that they had and the points, like, no basketball team's going to come back from that. And I think there's multiple times in that second half where Iowa would get it to, like, 11, and I'd be like, okay, here they go. They just need one more big shot. But then they would turn the ball over again. Turnovers led to 25 points last night, and Iowa only lost by, what was it, eight, Nine. Nine. So, like, they didn't get boat raced like they did the first time against Purdue, but they were their own worst enemy last night, even with all the physicality and how painful it was when Luca would get into the block and he would get immediately swarmed. Iowa pass Luca passing out of that and them trying to swing it around the court led to way too many turnovers and way too many points. They need to clean that up if they hope to do anything in March.
1: Yeah, right. When the, when the team has almost as many offensive rebounds as you have defensive rebounds, it's not going to be a good night. Not great not great. You know what is great though, Jer? The three of us got a nice little packages from uh, home field Apparel recently. Got a Ooh. couple of t-shirts, couple of hoodies. Those things were great to come home to and see uh, see one night. Beautiful packaging. If, beautiful packaging. It just the actual opening them up, we had no idea what we were getting and just getting the old school. I got the Script Iowa t-shirt, I got Script Iowa hoodie. It was like old school Iowa that I love, been clamoring for the script Iowa to go on the basketball jersey permanently, and so it's great that I have a hoodie now that I'm wearing right now, and it, it's exactly what I'm looking for. It's incredibly comfortable. Jerry, I know what, what are the things you got?
0: Uh, it's uh, first of all quality material I'm a big big stickler and I know I can speak for the people's champ too as big fellas we really do like a nice soft type t-shirt and Homefield I can I can't say enough for how the quality material how soft the t-shirt is and honestly the most important thing is when you put it in the washer and you put it in the dryer it did not shrink on me either so it's high quality material from Homefield
1: and to build on that is we're also very big guys on who like wearing hoodies without t-shirts underneath them. And these this hoodie is so soft, so comfortable. No t-shirt needed underneath it. Super comfortable. Great design. You guys need to check these guys out. It's homefieldapparel.com. we got a promo code for you guys. Use code BHGP. So for black heart gold pants, it's again BHGP. And you'll get 20% off at homefieldapparel.com. And if you want, you guys can follow them at, on Twitter at homefieldapparel.com minus the e in apparel they're great follows on twitter they're big indiana guys uh they were big behind the movement of nine hashtag nine windiana um for for the football team they're great follows good guys check them out homefoodapparel.com it's code bhgp for 20 percent off so jerry we got one regular season basketball game left first illinois in champaign on sunday so let's kind of transition this a little bit to to the postseason we don't we'll skip the big determinant for now. We'll come back to that a little bit later. But where's your confidence level right now after this loss to Purdue and Iowa's chances of making it to the sweet sixteen?
0: Um I'm wavering a little bit. And it's only because, like, f- for the last couple of weeks, I've been telling everybody that would listen is that Joe Wieskamp's gonna have his Dante DiVincenzo moment. And he's gonna start hitting. He's gonna have that Matt Gatons moment. He's gonna start hitting. And I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> I'm not even seeing like a-, a slice of it at this point. It's just, it's been ugly. There's something going on mentally, or maybe he's had his eyes on a different prize for a while, and that's kind of brought him back down to earth. But um, I'm a little worried that there isn't a second and third banana right now. The second or third, one's injured, one's not playing well. Luka can't do this all by himself, and the tape's out. Like Purdue last night showed everybody how they need to attack Iowa moving forward, and I think they're going to see a lot of that. So I don't think the Sweet 16 is in the cards for this year, (coughs) only because right now like what we're looking at, like, they're going to have to get through, what, a Florida, a Creighton, possibly, and then meet Gonzaga on the Sweet 16. I don't know. It's tough.
1: It, it's absolutely tough. And I think bringing it kind of in, including the Big Ten tournament in this is just, there's a good chance that this team is just, if they lose to Illinois Sunday, they're, what, a 7-8 seed in the Big Ten tournament? They go all the way from being in that f- top four to the bottom half of the Big Ten with a loss on Sunday. And it just kind of kind of see that snowballing it down right into a early exit in the Big Ten tournament, into a six or seven seed in the NCAA tournament. And then it's, OK, you beat the 11 seed, you beat a 10 seed, but then you go right into the three seed, two seed, two seed matchup. And it's a, it's another early exit. And it's not, nothing to say that this season hasn't been incredibly fun, well above all expectations. Right. It's just... And the theme of the whole year has been an undermanned team, and that's going to eventually come up and catch you.
0: 100%. And if that seven or eight seed thing happens and they end up finding themselves in the Midwest as currently constructed, like those are some tough teams. They might have to play basically a Virginia right off the top. I don't really want to play a Virginia defense. I know they're not as good as the other Virginia teams in the past, but do we really want to see Iowa going up against the Virginia the vaunted Virginia defense scoring 40 points? I don't. No. And and on top of it, I don't know how much of you guys watch Big East basketball, but as a uh, as somebody that's married into a Villanova loving family, I've watched quite a bit. I don't want any part of Seton Hall. So DC, I don't know what you're saying on the brackets and if that happens or not. But what type of teams are you trying to avoid with all with all haste? And what are the best odds of Iowa getting to the Sweet Sixteen if they were able to avoid them?
1: I will say I'm not. It won't be appealing to watch, but I don't mind playing in Virginia early on. Um, I don't love the f- potentially, and I know some people who might, if follow Cyclone Larry might not like this, but I kind of agree with him. I don't really want to see Kansas or a Baylor early. Um, I don't really want to see Seton Hall. Like you said, they scare me. Um, I think Dayton is really good too, for all the God, would be really fun. If we got Obi Topin versus uh, Luca Garza matchup. I still don't think that would work out really well at the end of the, for the team wise, Um, so I just feel like winning this game and going in a role and getting a little bit hot in the big 10 tournament is, I think would, would benefit Iowa getting secure that five seed spot and stay in that middle of that bracket where you're going five versus 12 versus a four seed. And then you deal with the one seed after that. It it is a, I think a a way likelier situation. And I think it can still happen, right? I think if, if they're, if they refocus on this team, it's a theme that we said a couple weeks ago. Every time that this team takes a beating, takes a beat down, think against the knockout punch, they come back alive stronger and they're gonna come back feistier. And I fully expect to see that versus Illinois to close this season and get this back on track and provide just a few more March memories for the for this for us as fans. Yeah,
0: I think the best road for Iowa to get to a Sweet 16 is staying as a five. If they can figure out a way to stay as a five, I, I, I don't. You know what? I don't really mind going up against Baylor or Kansas. And I know I'll probably rue the day of saying this and going against Cyclone Larry, if you, <laughs> but. From what I've seen, like, I was at that Villanova game where Villanova beat Kansas. Kansas ranked number one. They weren't very impressive. I think if anybody's going to be able to go up against Asabuki, it's Luca Garza. I think that dude is a foul, five fouls waiting to happen early against Luca. That's just my personal opinion. I think luca has got him. But Baylor hasn't been too impressive to me. There's no college basketball team that, like, I'm going to go and point out there and saying that that's the, for sure, NCAA tournament champion. That's why I think this tournament's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, do you? This seems weird to
1: say, but I feel like we're changing everything around sports. The all, NBA All Star Games changing around. They're throwing out a mid season tournament. Baseball trying to figure out how to be more fun, be more be cool with the millennials. Have they figured that out? No, they never <laughs> will because they're a bunch of old men who don't know what the heck they're doing with their with their sport. Um, but do you think anything needs to change with the NCAA tournament right now? Like you said yourself, there's no real head and shoulder team. That's dominant, like a Duke last year with with Zion and and all those guys. So this tournament should be fun. But do you think it it could be better?
0: Did Duke win the championship last year, David? They they did not. They certainly did not. No, there's nothing. The tournament's perfect to me. There's nothing you could do right now to change this that would make me be like, you know what? That's that's gonna make this tournament that much better. Like I already hate missing out. I the majority of my life I've taken off. Those two days when the tournament starts, just to be able to go home and watch, and do nothing but watch basketball for hours and hours on end, and eat good, terrible food. So no, I think the the tournament is still one of those perfect things. Uh, I mean, outside of maybe what? What about this? This is the one thing I always grapple
1: with the the automatic conference bids for these smaller conferences. Like, if do do these smaller conferences. Really need to be in the tournament. I'm not saying I'm not saying shrink the field. I'm saying instead of giving it to. I don't
0: I don't even know. I mean, they're, like, so no, I get what you're saying, but here's the deal: like for the majority of those conferences, they're not getting two teams in; they're getting just their conference winner. And I think if you do win a conference and you're playing, you're still playing. Fran said it perfectly last night, or maybe it wasn't Fran. I don't. Somebody said it on the sideline: like those guys have scholarships too. So at the end of the day, if these college programs, these D one programs, they have scholarships, they're scouting, they're trying to bring the best talent they can to try to win their conference and to win a title. So you know if they go and they win a, a conference that maybe isn't something that we deem as like being the the high holy rollers of the Big Ten and ACC, but you still win your conference. That's worth something. It's worth something to be able to be a part of the sixty some odd team uh, tournament field.
1: So my counter to that, like a team like Montana or Wright State or Little Rock, you take those teams out. You put a Texas, like I'm, this is going off of Joe Lenari's latest bracketology on Monday. You take those teams out. You put the from the next four out: Texas, Purdue, Memphis, South Carolina in there instead. Aren't you getting better first round games?
0: No, I don't think you are. Like where so then you're not you're missing out on like a, a Florida Gulf Coast or a Siena run or um, that one year where Duke lost in the first round. You're like you're not getting those types of upsets. I think that's what makes March so great, is you're basically gonna get some of these teams that nobody's seen before with some player that averages like forty two points a game. He goes out there, shocks everybody, and everybody has a great time watching that type of matchup. Where are you gonna get that from? I don't need to see Texas anymore. I've watched Texas. Their fans don't even want to watch Texas. I much rather <laughs> Wants a little rock. That's a bad
1: example, but yes, I I get what you're saying, and and yes, that I mean that that does add to what makes March great. So maybe yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they don't need to change anything at all. I just feel like as somebody who you hear all the the clamoring to make everything equal in the football playoff and getting each each conference represented in, I it doesn't necessarily seem to me that you need to take care of every small conference in college basketball.
0: Yeah. Again, I just think that it's still a D1. It's a D1 basketball. Basketball is different to me than football. Like a D1 small school and their football talent is totally different than if you were to compare them to Alabama. But when you have a team that runs like, let's say they run the Princeton-type offense and they're, or they're like an old-school VCU when Shaka was still there, and they're running an all-out blitz basically the entire game. Like There's different things in basketball, and if you hit a certain amount of shots or you're on that day, you can win. And if you have a couple days in a row where you're on, you can continue to win. I don't care how—if Little Rock went to go play Alabama out of 100 games, they're not winning one. But if Little Rock goes and they're playing Florida State, I give them a decent shot at winning because all you have to do is hit shots. There's somebody always going to be open on a basketball court. It's
1: true. It's a good point. It's a good point. I think you, you sway me back that I don't think anything really needs to be tweaked. I think it's, it's super entertaining. And I don't think you need to really mess with it with a good thing. I think no, you, I think you're right.
0: It's one of the best things in all of sports. Oh, that's without
1: question. All right, let's bring it back to the Big Ten. We did this a lot during football season, look at taking a look around the conference as a whole. We didn't do it very much during basketball season, but I figure heading into the Big Ten tournament the last weekend of the regular season, good time as any to bring out an old Big Ten favorite that we love to do. We love like to play over-unders within the three of us, when even just without champ this week. So that what we're going to do this week is over-under number of games Each of these teams in the Big Ten have left in both the Big Ten tournament and in the NCAA tournament if they make it. So you have to keep in mind some of these teams on here. We're not going to do everybody. We're not going to do Northwestern. We're not going to do Nebraska. And we're not going to do Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota. But we will do the other 11 teams in the conference. So there's some that are still in the bubble. Purdue, as of Monday, and the bracketology is on the bubble. Wisconsin's there. Indiana's there. All these teams – I mean, sorry. Wisconsin's all firmly in. Um, But – We'll see how. what do we think, where our conference level is in the rest of this conference uh, under the postseason. So, Jerry, should we start with Illinois? I guess we should start with Illinois. You said it themselves. They were back. They're more relevant now, or they're back to being relevant for the first time since 2005. So if you had a sudden over-under on a number of games that they're going to be playing, or games that they win, sorry, that's what we're doing here, in terms of the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament, where are you going with
0: so are we assuming that Iowa is beating them on Sunday? <laughs> you tell me. I'm going to assume that Iowa wins on Sunday. Okay. So that's gonna. So where does that drop Illinois then? That's a fantastic
1: question. Um, Let's see if I have a standings. I do have standings up from Ken Palm. I honestly have no idea because every freaking team in the Big Ten is so closely tied together. I don't know where. I think you need other teams to falter, but I didn't think they would basically be in that eight – to five range. So they would play Thursday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
0: Okay. So I'm gonna set the over under then, assuming that Iowa wins, they get the fourth dub or they're the fourth seed, so they get the, the last double bye. I'm gonna put Illinois over under wins in March at two and a half. Okay. So are they winning a
1: big ten tournament game?
0: Yes. Okay. So then I I think this team is absolutely good enough to, to then get into playing those those teams that had the double bye. 100%. Okay. So, all right. So then
1: that means they're probably looking at bracketology here. They are set to be an eight seed versus Virginia in the Midwest region. I think they can win an eight-nine game and then they go right to a one seed. So I'm going to take the under. I think that they win their first Big Ten game and I think they win the first round game in, in the March Madness. But I'll hit the under... In in Illinois, playing more than two and a half games.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. This the whole thing could change easily. Here. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's so insane how much needs the- <laughs> to be figured out in the Big Ten. And,
0: and I feel like here's like the, I feel like we're going to set a lot of two and a halfs here just because of the Big Ten like we all think like this is the best conference night in and night out. I mean, Christ, Minnesota's beating Indiana right now at Indiana uh, as we're recording this, but Illinois. It's just nice to have them back first and foremost. Like what under what is done, despite being maybe maybe not a cheater, has been really great for the university. Who's the Orange Crush was when we were in college, one of the best things that they had going. And I mean, they have actually something to root for now. But and hey, um, even
1: being in Chicago as a Big Ten alumni, getting a little bit more Big Ten basketball talk in the, on the sport on sports radio and you know local TV, it's a lot better to be around here when they're good than when the, when no one in Chicago is playing well.
0: But with all that said, I don't really believe in them all that much. <laughs> I, I don't
1: either. I think they're going to just come into a tough matchup situations here. I think that they're going to come into... Well, let's make the case of them getting over. I think if they, they go over, I do think it happens in the, because of the Big Ten tournament. And they go on a run in the tournament. They've won a lot of road games, so they have really good experience on in terms of winning away from, from Champaign. So you could make the case that a big contingent of people in Indianapolis... And they have, they show out. They make a, a run through. They play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They win three games. And then you're looking at the <laughs> order.
0: So if Illinois drops out and they have to play a Purdue who's playing against Nebraska first, like, do you like Purdue or Indiana in that one? You mean
1: Illinois?
0: Uh, sorry, yes.
1: Um, I think I still like Illinois. I just, I think you and I are going to be. Biased against or for Purdue because I think they match up really well against Iowa. I don't. I think Illinois can actually do some things against Purdue that would they could beat Purdue. I don't hate it. Okay. All right. Well, let's go with Indiana. They're now losing. You said they are just losing on the at home to Minnesota. They are currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're like the tenth. They're the tenth seed or eleventh seed uh right now if if the uh big Ten tournament started today, they might get up to seven or eight, but they're basically they're playing all weekend long. I'll set the over under here, Jar at what well, I don't know if I should do one and a half or two and a half two and a half. We'll go two and a half. What do you got?
0: I'm going under. Okay. I think Indiana's going I think Indiana will get that first game against like a Nebraska, Northwestern, wherever they end up, um, and then I think they get caught. I think they get caught by either Iowa, Illinois, or uh, Penn State. I just really think if Iowa has the opportunity to play Indiana again after losing Illinois, I just. Maybe this is just me being a stupid Iowa fan, but I just don't see Indiana getting another one. We can't go 0-4 against these stupid Indiana teams this season, especially with how much like we have riding on the line. We need to finally win a Big Ten game, so I'm going to go ahead and say under one and a half, or 2.5 for Indiana.
1: That's such a great point, but now my fear is that if this is in Indianapolis, and so you just run into a, a hornet's nest of IU fans in Indy. Uh, I will also say the under, because this is... I, I, I don't know how Indiana is winning games. I don't like. I just feel like the fan base is already ready to get rid of Archie. I feel like he's more just animated, more just angry than Fran has been all season long. I think he's already like losing his mind. Uh, so I will take that under two and a half as well. I think they win that one, and I think that might be it for Indiana. And then I think they go right to the NCAA tournament. I don't think they're going to win a game as a double-digit seed. Oh, boy. One and done. Yikes. Sorry. Who do you want to go go to next here, Jer?
0: Let's let's uh let's discuss Maryland. Okay. They are the most interesting team to they me. They really here. are. Um I don't know if you all saw on Saturday night, but a buddy of mine is a big-time Maryland fan, and I mean that he is so big-time into Maryland that he bets against them just to hedge his happiness <laughs> because he knows he just, has his, he just has his gut feeling like he hates Turgeon, thinks Turgeon's a terrible coach. He thinks the sky is always falling. He does not think Maryland's a good basketball team. But here we are. They they still have a shot at getting the number one overall seed in the Big Ten and winning it or having a, a share of it. They're probably going to be a, what, a two or three seed at this point? Yeah. They're on the two line right now for Joe Lenardi. Like, they seem like a team that's lost way more than what they have. They play good on, at home, not so great on the road, which I guess that's every Big Ten team. But Maryland's confusing to me. So I'm going to set their over-under, though, D.C., at... Let's the double one, two, <laughs> three. I'm going to set it at three and a half for them. Okay. I will take the over.
1: And I think that they end up playing in the Big Ten tournament championship game. Uh, so I think that helps get them to that over-under. But I also think that they're built... To go on a good run in the NCAA tournament, I think they can easily get to the Elite Eight. I think they could be an Elite Eight team for the Big Ten. We, When they are peaking, when they are hitting on all cylinders, again, we said this about Iowa at the start of the show. These losses this week, like this weekend and, and uh, this week, have been perfectly timed. Now, if they again, if they go out and lose again this weekend, I might completely change my tune. But uh, this is a perfect way to refocus, reset, get into the postseason with, a, with the right mindset and go on a run.
0: He, my buddy fully believes that they're going to lose their third in a row against Michigan on Sunday. And if they give up another 78 points without scoring more than 68 or whatever it's been, Maryland's in trouble. Uh, I'm going under. There's another team in the Big Ten that I, I will definitely take the over three and a half on that I think is the real the real threat going down uh, in, in March Madness. But I, he sold me on the fact that Maryland's a pretender here, so I'm – they, to me, they're going to be a pretender. I might just continue to short them too and hopefully make myself a little money on the side. <laughs> All right.
1: Just throwing out gambling advice on the way into March Madness. Let's go to Michigan. Michigan's a, f- a interesting, interesting dilemma. They started off incredibly hot this year, hit a huge rough patch in Big Ten play, have been a little inconsistent, and have lost two in a row, so then they go to play Maryland next and – Neither team is really playing well right now, but let's set the over-under at at two and a half here again. Again, this is a very easy number to set it at. But, Jared, where are you going with Michigan over-under for the rest of the way in March?
0: Under. They're losing to Rutgers. I don't believe in this Michigan team at all. I'm rooting for Rutgers to actually win a Big Ten tournament game because it actually, like, it's like Jim Delaney's, like, going away gift. (laughs) Rutgers is finally important in basketball, and they're finally trying to get this football thing back in order. But, yeah, no, I I just don't think this is Juwan Howard's season. I don't like the way they've been playing down the stretch here. They did start off hot, but I just think Michigan's a little bit of a pretender right now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say under. I don't think they win a Big Ten tournament game, and I do not think they're going to win, like, a— what a would they be like a nine seed in the NCAA tournament right now? You said something like that. I think they're <coughs> probably a seven
1: seed if I had to guess.
0: Maybe six. Well, that, mm, six, oh, seed. six seed right now, but they have the down arrow, so I can see them being like a seven, eight. And I just don't like if they're an eight C going against Xavier or an eight C going against like Virginia. Like I just don't like that Michigan team going against some of these teams that have been there and done that the last couple of years with the same coaching staff that they have.
1: I like the under two. My only question here for you, Jerry, is: Jawan Howard focusing on his next job in the NBA? Probably. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, I mean it makes sense, right? He he, seemingly took the Michigan job to get head coaching experience to then go to the NBA. And with this buzz about Shane Battier maybe getting a, a GM job or a front office role outside of Miami, it's a natural connection to take the Miami Heat m- model and bring it to a different franchise. With Battier running things, and Juwan Howard as your head coach. So it makes sense. Maybe that's lacking their focus. I don't know, but I'm going to go the under there as well, Jer. I think Michigan's definitely a pretender so far. Let's shift gears now. This might be the team you th- you have your eye on, and it's Michigan State. Yep, 100%. 100%. So you have it, if I set this over under at five and a half, where are you putting it? Holy shit.
0: So one, two,
1: three. I mean, that's really only getting to like the Elite Eight if they win the Big Ten tournament.
0: Yeah, screw it. I'm going over. (laughs) Tom Izzo. It's March. This is what Tom Izzo shines. They're
1: hands down by Ken Palm metrics, the best overall team in the Big Ten. Offensively, defensively, top 15 in terms of adjusted offense and defense. That is, again, the underlying theme that that plays in March. Teams that are, I think it's top 25 in both. I don't remember the exact stat, but those are the ones that make it very, very far in March. Michigan State fits that bill. And I think that to me, it's over. It's super easy. I think they're going to go very far. They're peaking at the right time. They're going to be a very, very trendy Final Four pick in everyone's office
0: bracket pools.
1: It it, it's it just seems like the easy play.
0: No, and they are always a splashy team. Like everybody takes Michigan. Like there's always that one guy. Like it's March, Michigan State. Like got an easy road. You got to put in the Final Four. Tom Izzo gets the job done. But I actually do. I don't even know why I hesitated earlier. Champ would be so pissed at me for even doing that because (laughs) I just need to stick with my druthers. Michigan State, this is the finally of the year that Big Ten brings one home, and I think Michigan State is the best thing to do it. Cassius Winston is one of my favorite players to watch right now. Ever since that Iowa game, something seems to have sparked in him. That dude's going to continue to push Michigan State to the uh, a pinnacle in March. I want Michigan State and my boy Tom Izzo, who I think I'm one of the sole people in all of Iowa fandom who loves him, loves him more than I can even mention. I think they're going to get the job done finally. See,
1: I just I can't stand Tom Izzo,
0: but I respect what he does.
1: I respect what he does. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go to Rutgers. You you want Rutgers to win a Big Ten tournament game? Let's well, up I the over-under at you want them to, so I know you're going to probably pick them to win a Big Ten tournament game, so I had to set it at two and a half. <sighs> and I'd be winning more than two, big, two postseason games.
0: I think one and a half is a better number there for them. <laughs> okay. I just don't like... Okay, right now they're at 11 seed, according to Lenardi, going up against Arizona. I mean... Here's a question for all of you guys: Have any of you watched the Pac-12 game all season long? No, you haven't, because the Pac-12 blows, just like I've been saying consistently in this entire this podcast.
1: But my only my only Pac-12 info comes from Tyson Tate and their Pac-12 updates.
0: Correct, and it's because they they do it because the Pac-12 sucks too. They didn't even talk about Pac-12 uh,
1: teams in the Pac-12 update. Screw it, let's go, Rutgers. I'm gonna take the over. <laughs> all right, over one and a half. We'll re-change <coughs> that and go to one and a half. We'll both take the over because why not? Let's let's finally get something out of this Rutgers edition of the Big Ten. Uh, what, let's, where do you want to go next,
0: Jer? Let's go with, let's talk about Purdue. Okay. They're fresh on our mind. Right now, Lunardi has them as, what, the last four out? The next
1: four out. out. So they're like, there's, they got to jump a few teams to get in as of Monday, but they did their thing, a quad one road win in Iowa City last night should help them a
0: lot. Yeah, I think that win gets them at least into the first four out. I think another key win. Who is the last game that they have on their schedule here? Indiana, right? IU? Uh, no, they have to play Rockers on Saturday.
1: Okay, well, that was wrong. That's weird. That I so
0: that's another decent win. They go into the Big Ten tournament probably as like the 10 seed. You be, They could beat Ohio State easily. Yeah. Um, so that's one win. Go against Maryland. Got I think if Maryland says at the two seed, I'm gonna set Purdue's over under at. Here's here'll be the kicker two and a half, <laughs> and this really just means like do you think they get into March Madness? Do you, either they get in with one win in the Big Ten and they win again, or they win two games in the Big Ten tournament and. Like, what do you think's gonna happen here?
1: Um, I will say text you guys this and this is my giant fear for the Big Ten tournament now is that Iowa will be looking at Purdue in Indianapolis for a third time and it won't go very well so I will say Purdue I'll say they go over I think they ride a hot Big Ten tournament and then get one more win in the NCAA tournament when they get in so I'll take the over on the two and a half
0: I like the over, two. I think Purdue's playing some pretty good basketball right now. They're starting a nice little hot streak. If they can just continue to – I mean, they won two in a row. They beat Indiana. They beat Iowa. They got Rutgers. I, th- I mean, I know I'm a big believer in Rutgers all of a sudden, but I think Purdue can absolutely beat them. I think Kempom has them as their, his 23rd best team in the country right now. So um, Purdue's rolling. Matt Painter has a really good – the dude's a great coach. He really is. I know we kind of – we mentioned it earlier, and I think – I don't know if people hate Matt Painter for some reason, but like – the dude does so much with so little. I don't know if it was you last night, DC or Z, who brought it up, but it what, what would Matt what would Matt Painter do if he was a head coach at Indiana?
1: Oh man, don't tell Purdue fans that because they don't, <laughs> they don't want to imagine that. But he would do great things. He'd do great things if he did, if he coached any actual blue blood. He would do really good things at a, as a college basketball coach. He's done, you know, who he kind of remind. He's kind of like Kirk Ferentz. Wow, I don't hate that. He does a lot with not very much. He turns a lot of guys into really good basketball players. I
0: do not hate that
1: at all. And to me, you have to respect it. He also just kicks
0: Iowa's ass, so I also respect that. Does he also have a large buyout that fans also like when they don't have such a great season? No, but he
1: also had to always entertain jumping, leaving Purdue for new head coaching jobs, so he had that rumor going for a long, long time. And now he's pretty much at at Purdue.
0: Love that. Now he just needs his son to come on to be like the defensive (laughs) specialist.
1: I don't know how old the son is, if he has a son. Um, let's let's speed things up. We'll do two, we'll do two more before we get to Iowa. Let's do Penn State. They're probably the best story in the Big Ten besides Iowa, besides Fran's coaching job here. Penn State, where are they? Are they do they have a double buy locked up? No, they do not have a double buy locked up. So they'll probably be on the outside looking in. It looks like.
0: Looks like they're on the five seed as of 11 hours ago. So
1: we'll we'll go three and a half for Penn State in the postseason. Where would you go with that, Jer?
0: Penn State beats Minnesota. Penn State beats Wisconsin. That's two. Penn State loses to Michigan State. Penn State gets in the tournament. You said three and a half? I did.
1: Uh, Penn State's a tricky team. Yeah, I know. They're they're fun to watch. They're gritty. They're not impressive no, to but me they though just sometimes. Win. They just win. You don't need to be predicted in the Ansel
0: You should not win. So they get the four seed. They beat North Te- like if the if this holds up, so they beat North Texas. They go against Colorado Liberty. They're gonna beat one of those. That's four wins right there. They go against like an, a Virginia or Illinois. Pfft. Penn State. Penn State, if things stay somewhat similar to where they're at, Penn State has a very easy road to, to where the over under could be four and a half, five and a half games, honestly. So, <laughs> easy. Yeah, uh, you just
1: went from talking to yourself and not liking Penn State to them getting to the Elite Eight.
0: <laughs> I, I'm in Penn State. Let's do that. Actually, you know what? Screw time is. Penn State winning the whole thing. <laughs> Pat Chambers, where are you at? DMV, Philly. <laughs>
1: I like the over two. I think Penn State can can make a run in this tournament. I think the job Pat Chambers has done has been has been great, and it's been it's added the, to the Big Ten depth this year. Made Big Ten, the, the Big Ten the best conference uh, in college basketball. Let's do Wisconsin. You said Penn State would beat Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten tournament, so let's set the over under at two and a half.
0: Can we just say real quick that this six-game winning streak for Wisconsin is the most Wisconsin thing of all time? Yes. Like, right when I think they're buried, they lose to Minnesota. They get crushed by Minnesota back in, like, early February. And now here they are going for another double-bye. Greg Gard just fucking figures it out all of a sudden. And, like... I'm so tired of losing to Wisconsin, having Wisconsin <laughs> just be slightly better than us in every single way. Right now, they're the fourth spot, that fourth spot that we need and want desperately. <clears throat> I don't believe in Wisconsin, though. I think they are also a pretender. You said it at two and a half? Yes. Oh, I'm under. I think Wisconsin losing right away in the Big Ten. Whatever that first game is for Wisconsin, they're going to lose. And when Wisconsin gets in the bracketology, let's see. Five Cs. Against Yale, fine. That's one win and then they are gonna lose to Oregon. So out.
1: Jar said it first. I'll take the under as well. Uh, I think that they win their they win their game in the big tournament. And I think if they were five seeds, I think they get the twelve five upset.
0: Wow. So, See you later, Greg.
1: All right, let's end it end the show with this Jar Iowa. Iowa has a gamers Illinois left. Let's answer it this way. Do they get the double bye? And don't give me the over under. How many games in March are the Iowa Hawkeyes winning
0: this year? Iowa is going – I already said it. Iowa's going to win it, get the double bye. I need to stick to my guns here. <laughs> I'm just letting this Purdue game sit in the back of my mind. I,
1: I, it's fueling – it should fuel you feel, like, like just fuel fully fully ran, the way
0: It was fueled Fran to break all those uh, those boards yesterday during that timeout. Iowa's going to get the double bye. They're going to need a little help from their friends, but they're going to get the double buy. Iowa in March is going. They're gonna. They'll be the It'll four, be the four seed. seed. They're gonna beat Penn State. <laughs> I just I just ruined my Penn State bet. <clears throat> um. or oh no! Would that put Illinois to five?
1: Put Illinois at the five, I think.
0: I mean, again, it's everything's so close here. I don't know how that I would know, shake that so up. So things sh- shake up. I, I kind of hope that puts Illinois at the. F- it would be great to beat Illinois like two times in a row. Three times three in a three season. Three overall. It's, it's tough to beat any team three times in a season, but. The, <sighs> I'm trying to figure out what the best lane is.
1: <laughs> it's probably Ohio <coughs> State finding a way to win this game here and get to the five seed. Man, right? It has to be Ohio. Maybe Rutgers. If Rutgers can go on a little bit of a winning streak here. Get Rutgers up to the five. Like all these, it's what's just
0: insane. This Big Ten is so good. Uh, there's not like I can't even like tell you honestly what I think it's going to be. All right, let's well, screw it. I was going to get the the double buy. They're going to win the uh, Big Ten Big Ten game at least, so that puts them into Saturday with one. They get a five seed locked up. Let's give them two, you know what. <laughs> <laughs> They have to play Michigan State then. Fuck. Unless Maryland gets a share. They can beat Maryland. I really I mean, want Michigan state too. They almost did.
1: Yeah, they almost did in Michigan state. <coughs> now this is neutral court.
0: All right, screw it. I was going to get the double by. I was going to win two games of the big 10 tournament. They're going to get the four seed in the NCAA tournament after showing out of the big 10 tournament. The four seeds going to be in the Midwest where they'll play a North Texas team. That's a win. That's three. They'll then go up against like a shitty five seed or 12 seed. They're going to win that game. That's four. Then they're going to go up against a kind of crappy eight, nine or Kansas. They're going to beat Kansas. That's five. See you later, Isaiah Moss. It's going to be a big-time revenge game. That's five wins. Then they're going to go down, and they're going to have to play like a team like Seton Hall. They're going to beat Seton Hall. That's six. You just said you didn't want to play
1: Seton Hall at the beginning yeah, of the Yeah, I show. didn't want to
0: play him, but Luca Garza is going to go off for 45 in that one, so that's six wins. That puts them in the Elite Eight, and then they're going to have to play, the, let's say, Michigan State team, and that's where they're going to lose. So I'm going to put it at six games for the Iowa Hawkeyes, losing to the eventual national champion, Michigan State Spartans. All
1: right. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Jerry has that. That's what, a elite eight, eight spot or sweet 16?
0: That was a lead eight for the final four, Iowa losing. And this was 30 minutes after I said Iowa's not going to make a sweet 16 when you asked me earlier. It up show. Jerry
1: Sherwin in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. As a fan, this show goes from pessimistic back to optimistic. In the drop of a hat, a.k.a. 30 minutes. I will take Iowa getting the double bye, going on the road, winning at Illinois, and then taking the Big Ten tournament in the four seed, winning their first game, getting to Saturday, losing then Saturday, getting a nice solid five seed, and making their way to the Sweet 16 where they lose. So they will win. They'll advance the second weekend, and that's two more wins. So that's three wins into March. That's right? Yeah. So there you have it. There's a more realistic take on this Iowa Hawkeye team to close the year. Jerry, anything else you guys want, you want to wrap the show with?
0: No, I'm uh, I'm excited to see how this Big Ten tournament shakes out and, and how the seedings work because honestly, like this is the most convoluted and down. Like there, anything could still happen here, and it, we're going into third. It's Thursday, folks. Like This is crazy. This is this is one of the best college basketball seasons that we've witnessed from a whole and an Iowa perspective. I know this Purdue game hurts, but please don't lose sight on everything that we've talked about up to this point. This has been an amazing season where Iowa has done so much with so little. And there's so much good stuff coming in the future. Don't all of a sudden be a pessimist like I almost was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Let's go for the six wins, baby. Remember the good times. Remember that Jobo's coming back and just... Just let's just let's keep this good
1: times rolling and just remember that every time this team gets knocked down, they get back up and they're, they're stronger They're stronger than the last time. So keep the faith. Keep the, the, this team has been so much fun to watch all year long. This ride's not ending anytime soon uh, for Jer for champ. I'm DC. Follow us on Twitter at shy people, champ at Jerry Sherwin at Dave cray, subscribe to the show, wherever you guys get your podcasts, tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe to the show And uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week, previewing Iowa's Big Ten tournament game. Go Hawks.
0: Trick or treat, Iowa City! (laughs) If you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.